0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Enterprise Dish. We are hanging out with the boys in Ohio, and we are going to be talking um, something. You may have heard this in the news. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. If this hasn't made headlines about every single week for the past 18 months or so, but ransomware, it is. It's not going away, and anything. It's getting more complex and more scary
1: yeah in fact i think we talked uh, maybe once a year this topic kind of comes up when you and i talk about it whether it's news or uh, you know other scenarios but yeah it's uh there's a recent event you know early july of 2021 that was massive right Mm -hmm. Uh, the best way to explain it is the difference of fish email to whale emails right whale email as you compromise the it admin you know, fish admin is you compromise an end user. Now these supply chain ransomwares are, you know, really going rampant. So what is the supply chain ransomware? A lot of times people mm-hmm. don't even know what that means. But imagine you're using something with like an advanced style home and it has bi-directional communication back and forth to some central service in your own infrastructure, and that becomes the inbound, right? It's basically being walked in, mm-hmm. and if you know if it's compromised up top, and then it can be pushed down through multiple sites, it can be ugly. In fact, I just spoke with um, an individual mm-hmm. who was dealing with that, and um, I had a nice little debrief of that. Some really good advice uh, that came out of that, actually. But uh, it was it's been really bad this month, and you know I, I spent a lot of my kind of non-beam evangelism effort Mm -hmm. on giving people some tips on bolstering their ransomware resiliency footprint so i can like just i can just dish out tips brad if you need to
0: (laughs) well if we wind the clock back even i mean july the beginning of july was 20 days ago but you can start back like a series of events you can start back with solar winds way back at the end of last year then there were some attacks we've gotten. Uh, Microsoft is dealing with the print spooler issue where it's been patched, then it was said not patched, then it was patched, and now it's back to being compromised again. And then you have uh, vendors getting compromised to your point, and then they're pushing down signed bits to your system that, that they are saying are, are secure. And then all of a sudden, a detonation occurs like the day before 4th of July, and all of a sudden, it's uh, – is the only way it's I can describe that. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's uh, it, it really – puts a lot of things under scrutiny, right? And um, I, I could have advice for days on that, but, you know, I kind of think about how do organizations get into that phenomenon, mm-hmm. but, you know, that that's how it happens. And that's one behavior now, and there will be others, right? Uh, especially if you think about, I'm actually kind of concerned about when organizations have people come back into offices, reintroducing rogue rogue devices, but uh, maybe devices that have been like on different networks for a while, right? Have Mm -hmm. the kids been playing games on them over the times, right? So there's some risks there, but um, a couple of of tips, right? I'll just start riffing here. Tell me when to stop. One thing I've observed is that a lot of people, especially who still use tape Mm -hmm. in the last year or so, they operationally, they haven't been Closing the loop, meaning taking tapes out of the library, because I've actually heard of a number of scenarios where attack vectors will get into the control plane of the tape library itself and then erase tapes that are in there. Right. So if you have tape, make sure that you're taking those tapes out operationally. You know, I I mean, you see I'm here in the office, but I think a lot of people got a little bit comfortable with that and they were cutting corners. So Mm -hmm. there's a pro tip. Uh, Another thing that I'm seeing as a a actionable piece of advice across the industry is really double down on multi-factor authentication, Uh, So this is not just a backup thing. The tape advice was really more for backups, but the multi-factor authentication really applies across all IT practices, right? MFA all the way every day, anywhere you can. So that's a really good Mm -hmm. specimen to help bolster resiliency. And then um, when it comes to, you know, a lot of people think about ransomware and they immediately think of backup, but I actually am advocating kind of a bigger picture story and that's more around having cybersecurity and, and more importantly, the NIST cybersecurity framework. Have that as really built into your day-to-day processes across the board, whether it's backup, whether it's um, endpoint management, whether it's networking, you name it. Any, mm-hmm. any of the disciplines of IT, right? They should really be all speaking this language. And just off the top of my head, the five functions are identify, protect, detect, respond, recover. And the thought is that's a wheel, the Mm -hmm. the NIST cybersecurity framework. If you identify the data you have, then you should protect it. Once it's protected, we should go into a detection phase, looking for threats, looking for issues, looking for anomalies. And of course, you need tools to do that. You need antivirus, you need, um, you know, other mechanisms. And then when there is an issue, trigger the response. Okay, we're going to kick in our response plan. That's where a lot of organizations fall down. They don't know what to do when something like ransomware does happen. And then you go to the final stage, which is recover. So if you think about a backup product, you'd think ideally they'll be strong and protect and recover, but really, you got to walk the wheel, all of those functions, and, and build a resiliency. In fact, I just finished a paper about this that will be coming out uh, soon mm-hmm. that walks through that. But, you know, Veeam has capabilities and all of those wheels. But that's a mindset across IT disciplines we need to kind of just take seriously nowadays. And I could go
0: for days on that, man. Well, I've got a question for you, Mr. Rick. So we we heard a lot about uh, companies being compromised just across the board. And fairly often, and I'm curious where you f- fall on this, it's companies will say, hey, we were able to recover from our backups, potentially, at least that's the public. But then they also went ahead and paid the ransom. Do you, what's, what's the, lo- is there any logic? Obviously, they're doing it for some reason, yeah. but do you have any insight?
1: Well, it becomes, it becomes a characteristic of the individual threat behaviors uh, from what I've seen, right? There's a new phenomenon up in the mix um, double and triple extortion so the thought is i mean ideally detection earlier on will Mm -hmm. prevent this from happening but these extortion behaviors are an additional mechanism because the threat actors know that ransomware you know they said oh well let's make the pain come to the organization even if they can restore the data. Mm-hmm. So those types of behaviors are, you know, leaking data to the potentially the dark web. And then I've seen this notion of triple extortion, which is taking that data that has been leaked. And then um, if it's, for example, XYZ companies customer data going to the customer and saying, hey, I'm going to release yeah. your data, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like it goes to the customers of company XYZ. XYZ. So uh, that's a phenomenon in fact, I'll give you an example. I spoke to a different individual who had a threat come into their environment and the behavior was really interesting. It's very different. It didn't encrypt anything. It didn't delete anything. It completely left the organization's ability to function in place. The only threat action was the removal of the extortion, right? Mm. So it's like there, then there's even these other dimensional types of place. So, um, I don't know, you know, the scenarios that go into play, um, the the steps that happen, you know, with, when an organization would have to engage with the threat actors it becomes kind of interesting and intriguing and it's varietal and it's all over the place and there's a lot of intermediaries. But, um, you know, my angle here, what I my mission and what I'm doing and what we do here at Veeam is just to make sure that organizations have their data, they have the ability to restore their data, and then – that's the fundamental promise of like backup and recovery. But mm-hmm. you know, if I think about those functions of identification, protection, detection, response, and recovery, those four or so those five functions together, those are really the holistic part. Again, take it for backup, take it for every other one of the trades and disciplines within IT, and into the cloud and other modern apps and other things. Because everywhere you go, uh, there's a threat. And um, my thought here is that all of those different disciplines, if they can work together with that framework, they can really shorten that time between incident and, you know, the detection of it. So that's the goal is to just work backwards in the detection, you know, from don't even have to respond, go into detection, right? Those types of things. So um, there's a lot of reasons of why and how that could have come about. Um, You know, the other thing I'll say is that sometimes I've seen organizations who say, yeah, I can restore my backups but I actually didn't back this up, okay? So, back to identification. If you don't identify what you care about, it's not protected, and therefore the rest of the functions fall off, right? So, you know, it becomes very fragmented very quickly, but um, yeah, that's just a couple of different scenarios that could go on there.
0: Yeah, the... I had a, a hedge or a guess, and maybe it's part of it too, is obviously if you get compromised, you've been compromised. They've found a way into your system. And just by restoring the backup doesn't mean that they no longer have uh, access to your system. And to your point, okay, yeah, you recovered completely, but that was what, a day of downtime? And then they can just you know flick a couple keystrokes probably in PowerShell, and then you're back down again and, and a day recovering and trying to figure out how they got in. Can be a whole different thing to being able to simply just recover your environment.
1: Yeah, that's actually the fundamental problem. How does the threat start? How does it get yep. in? Right. And if you look at the the, the Verizon data breach incident report, uh, Coveware puts out a lot of good statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veeam's done internal private surveys uh, from uh, respondents and some other research I've had. You know, really consistently, there's there's three main modes of entry main modes Mm -hmm. of entry the main ones are um, remote access not done well the second is phish email or you know uh, spear message attacks, and the third is um, updates exploited vulnerabilities and i i don't necessarily i don't have enough market share data to indicate Mm -hmm. some of those supply chain distributions to sit into that bucket just yet but you know those Three, and then this new emerging behavior are really the, the main modes of entry. So if you work backwards and, and try to like say to my previous point, how does this problem happen? Well, let's do remote access right. Let's train people and use some common sense on email. Let's make sure systems are updated. And then let's reassess what's been walked in and welcomed into the network without Mm -hmm. any real question dial home and things like that so uh if you put all of those different you know kind of mindsets together which are kind of things we should be doing anyways getting remote access right doing updates and some common sense on email and things like that those are characteristics that will help hedge off some of the main attack vectors right sure there's removable media there's um you know i spoke to an organization recently that their their experience with ransomware so far has been oh yeah an individual on their laptop had an incident and it you know just it got messed up mm-hmm. on the endpoint but i'm like hey ransomware is not just a pc problem anymore yeah. it, it is much more in scope and you know i didn't want to scare the individual but it was it was like hey i i've seen the other side of the mountain and it's not so good so we need to take this pretty seriously today
0: oh yeah if an endpoint if this laptop gets compromised i would assume the entire network is probably that it's connected to has probably been infected in some capacity
1: well you know brad i have a backup product that's even free that can back up that device you're talking about Yeah. Uh, so um next time i see you, i think i'll give you some of the uh uh well actually i have it on usb but i just said don't be putting in removable media <laughs> randomly but um i'll give you a link trust it A link. <laughs>
0: Well, some people may not know this, uh, especially the audio, but Rick, I'm just kidding, works for, works at Veeam. If there wasn't enough green in the background, enough Veeam on signage of uh, it, I don't know. People may not. The shoes. Um, yeah. The shoes, <laughs> the shoes look legit too.
1: Those are, um, whoop well, wrong line. Yep. Those are um, Nike Air Force Ones. Nice. Um, they're officially my uniform
0: though.
1: Because How many it- pairs do you have? <laughs> this is now my second pair of Veeam issued shoes. Yes, and I, I think I have enough different types of socks to go the whole week. Wow. But um it's funny with the shoes, though. I'm calling them uniform because apparently, if you're giving given a gift of a mm-hmm. certain amount, you have to claim it on your taxes. I'm calling that uniform. Yeah. So it, no, I don't want that on my taxes. Not yeah, I'm sending
0: it back. I don't know where on the 1040 you write Air Force Ones.
1: Yeah. Well, they even say Ricketron on them, so they're like you know personalized and Veeam, but. I, they're, I don't know, they're too fancy. I've never worn them, believe it or not.
0: Speaking of Veeam, by the way, I believe that you guys just landed pretty well on the Gartner report.
1: Uh, yes, that's right, that is right. I uh, I spend the whole month of March, believe it or not, uh, Brad working on with a couple others at Veeam, but we work on our, our entry to the Gartner Magic Quadrant for enterprise backup software. And I feel that... Um, you know i've been i've been at Veeam now this is my 11th year
0: wow is it really
1: yeah it's crazy it's awesome and actually i knew and for the audience uh, i knew brad even before i was at Veeam, mm-hmm. right so we go way back way back but it, actually even before brad was doing this you know so mm-hmm. but anyways um you know i've seen it change and grow and add products and add capabilities and and be much more you know capable and comfortable going into new segments and you know the enterprise for example and and really the result of the magic quadrant this year is, is just like i don't know if anybody's a parent they understand what i'm talking about it's like whoa, it's grown up i love it mm-hmm. um but uh yeah we 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 place good um you you know we we hold we hold an axis right so that's an interesting characteristic i guess there can only be you know you know there's two axes yeah. the the north bound and the uh, east westbound axis i guess you say there's four because there's a side you don't want to be yeah. on right? <laughs> but on a on one of the axis that you want to be on on the you know the, the upper side of it we do we are an access holder for the ability to execute and i tell you um you can kind of see it on my uh my sheet back there but i have a little motto for my team gsd get stuff done mm-hmm. you know and uh that just execution you know and i personally I have like a little maybe it's a sickness, I mean, a, pr- a pretty intense work ethic, right? Yeah. But um, it, it just is reflected in the, the the heart and soul of being really of just executing whether it's you know, it's, of course, it's market presence and customer adoption, but even like partner programs, integrations, alliances, breadth of platform, there's so much that goes into it. But, you know, I really think um, it, it was a good result. And you know, we're never done. That's the thing, right? We're already yeah. like, strategically, um, working towards, you know, okay, what, what's the next one going to do? You know, what do we need to do to, um, what do we need to combat, uh, from our, from our own assessment, right? Forget the other market. I, I look specifically at Veeam and me and the other uh, resources that go at it. We, uh, we, we really never stop on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- that's the reality of it. Well, I mean, you can look at, I you know, primarily pay attention to the Microsoft world. They're launching a new OS. Uh, actually, t- two of them kind of sort of here in the fall. They're launching a version of Windows 10, a version of Windows 11. They're rolling out Azure stuff all of the time. The hybrid world is just getting more integrated and complex. And at the end of the day, you've got to decide where's my data going to live? How am I going to replicate it? Because while Microsoft says, hey, we'll make sure your data is available, they're not responsible for it. It's your data that you're responsible for. And making sure it's available is a very important task.
1: Nobody wants to learn about the shared responsibility model <laughs> the hard way. Right. Okay. A quick story. All of the clouds, Azure, Google, and Microsoft, or what's the other one? AWS. Yep.
0: Sorry. Small one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. All of them have the shared responsibility model, data classification model, whatever they call it, but they consistently, it's actually the only thing they're basically consistent on. Um, the responsibility of the data sits with the tenant. Mm-hmm. And they're simply put in charge of the service and the availability of the service, everything from the data center to the power and, yep. you know, keeping the compute platform running. But inside of that, the data that you have, you know, becomes the responsibility of the tenant. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why say, for example, our Microsoft 365 backup products doing so well, right? It's like our biggest quote unquote competition is just knowing that you need to have a backup, mm-hmm. right? So we have to, tell that to people same with azure um, aws google as well so yeah just definitely think if you have data you care about have it protected wherever that is cloud on prem laptop the computer in Brad's basement you name it
0: i'd like to say there's only one down here but there's multiple
1: <laughs> well i've i've got two in the office and I'm per- persistently connected into the lab with a shed load more and then I got all the rig at home so I get it you know we we are uh, compute heavy nowadays
0: compute heavy yeah it's more things going into the cloud and as my wife jokes more silicon into the basement uh is typically how it how it's been playing out here for the past six years seven well no longer that's that's a lie 10 plus I'm years
1: just, i'm <laughs> just waiting for my wife to say so if with all this cloud stuff aren't you supposed to have less stuff here i'm just waiting for it and put it together but you know, i got a couple more years
0: I hope, hopefully we have a couple more than that. <laughs> Cause I enjoy it. I mean, what you can't see is there's a, a rack box sitting right here that has my switch and a bunch of other stuff in it, a backup drive. And I,
1: I know it in like, same thing. Everything that I'm looking at is a hot mess, right? Oh, I yeah. just put, I just put all the green stuff that I want to keep back there and a couple little Easter eggs, actually funny story, Brad, I'll tell you. So, uh, I'll tell you on this podcast, I've never told anybody two things. One, um, I've got the two banners right there. Yep. One of them's covering up a misspelling on the banner behind it. So oh. that's why I put them there. Okay. <laughs> but it was too funny to get rid of. So oh, yeah. hold on. And then the other thing is the whiteboard behind there, um, kind of a, ah, you can still see it. Above the one shoe, it says AT for archived here. I was drawing that as the roadmap before we even did that, right? Uh-oh. Talking about Azure Archive Storage mm-hmm. um, and then. Azure or AWS Glacier and Glacier Deep Archive, that cold cloud storage. I had it up there for like two years and just seeing if anybody put it together. So there's always little easter eggs in, in the Ricketron office.
0: Yeah, there's been some people who have seen this studio, the other side of it, and every every reaction is like, really? I mean, you like it's they, they pay.
1: Is this a jail
0: or is this? A <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like this looks semi-professional, good lighting, Semi- and everything else. But the pro- the problem <laughs> is, I'm I'm quite literally talking. I'm looking at my furnace right now, and so it's it's quite hilarious. Every time we get a furnace service twice a year for winter, and, and the guy always comes in. It's always somebody different, and I have to explain to them why 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 this is here.
1: Yeah, we run a small studio in the basement. Don't get
0: scared. You know? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Everything else good in your hood, my man?
1: Yeah, we're doing great here. Uh, again, I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm cracking jokes. i um, going to a beachy place, and um week from today, actually, is System Administrator's Day, so wow. 30th of July. Happy Every System Admin Day. That's an excuse to ask your boss to expense lunch or get mm-hmm. yourself a treat or leave early or whatever you want to do. Um, let's see what else is going on. um Veem's going to be at SharePoint Fest in Chicago. Oh, uh, that's coming week. up. Yep. So one of these M three sixty five type events. There, you know, it's it's starting. It's um, it's an emerging thing. And if uh, I don't know when this will get published, but Tuesday night of that event, we're going to host a V beers nice. first round on Veeam. um And then, you know, I'm preparing big to have Veem at Hims, the healthcare information yep. management something something. <laughs> I I don't yeah. know what it stands for, but the HIMSS event in Las Vegas, the big healthcare IT event. That's, um, you know, so we got a little bit of that. Uh, it's going to be different, you know, but um, look forward to connecting with everyone and um, finishing up summer. It's kind of sad to think that it's almost over.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about that too, because um, school will be starting up here in uh, a few weeks, realistically. And yeah. even though that the heat isn't done, that's the end of summer right when the kids go back into school that's when we consider it
1: i went to the grocery store and i went to the other side and it smells like pencil erasers and like oh man because it's all the back to school stuff you know it's
0: like party's
1: over
0: elmer's glue the crayons and
1: yeah and it's like uh well you know that's okay i'm i kind of live in the long term anyways but uh i I mean it's been a good summer it's been wet here it's very uh, wet yeah it's good
0: Yep. Well, Rick, while you are enjoying the beach, everyone else should check out the links in the description of this podcast and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.